Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, where each week, Dr. Frank Domino, along with his guests, translates today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. Now, broadcasting from the University of Massachusetts Medical School in Worcester, Mass., your host, Dr. Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health, and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Recently, the Centers for Disease Control released new guidelines and recommendations with regard to vaccines. They included um, highly clinically pertinent changes with regard to the HPV vaccine, the hepatitis B vaccine, the herpes zoster vaccine, and the vaccine for mumps. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And with me today is Robert Baldor, professor and senior vice chair in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And we're going to be discussing vaccines today. Welcome to the show, Bob. Thanks, Frank. Great to be here again. So um, the HPV vaccine, the human papillomavirus vaccine, um, has been making a fair bit of a news. Can you tell us what the CDC is now recommending regarding changes with the vaccine schedule? Yes, I think that we actually did a podcast on this before it was finally released, and so I think there's a lot of information out there for folks. But basically, in October, they updated the recommendation in saying just two doses of the HPV vaccine, given if starting the series before the uh, 15th birthday. So previously, it had been three doses for starting it on or after the 15th birthday, and that actually continues. So if you're giving it after 15 years of age, it's still three. But they're really recommending that this be a routine vaccine for all girls and boys ages 11 to 12. It can even be started as early as age nine for that matter. And that uh, continues for women, women up to the age of 26, men up to the age of 21, while the males up to 26 can still be vaccinated. And so what they're saying then is if you're giving this before the 15th birthday, just two doses. And guess what? The second dose is six to 12 months apart. So this really, I think, enhances the ability to get this to get individuals uh, vaccinated because the other sec the original dosing on this was one uh, you give a dose now and one month and then six months. So that it was kind of hard to get those adolescents in that many times the vaccine. But you can give a dose now and give a dose a year from now when they're coming in for the well child check. I think we'll just continue to see a continuing uptake of the HPV vaccine um, as we're seeing this. Uh, now, partly the reason why they did that is that studies showed that the antibody response after two doses, given at least six months apart, in those nine to 14 years of age was as good as or better than the antibody response that was given three doses to older adolescents. So seeing some increased efficacy with this. I, as someone who hated getting vaccines as a child and still not a big fan of them as an adult, it's wonderful to hear both the earlier immunization and the two dose schedule over 12 months. Well, great, thank you, Bob. Uh, hepatitis B had some changes as well. What happened there? Well, I think this is fascinating because we're beginning to see some changes in how vaccines are being made. And so for years there's been uh, one hepatitis B vaccine and it was, uh, you know, it's a, an attenuated vaccine. And this new one was just uh, approved here. And it's a two-dose vaccine as well. It's called, uh, if I can say this, uh, Hepsosavi, Hepsosavi B. And it's, made, it's for adults greater than 18 years of uh, of age. Interestingly though, since we've had universal childhood vaccination, the rates of hepatitis B vaccine have really dropped in this country uh, considerably. So this is something to be used more in adults who haven't been vaccinated or at high risk for 
um, uh, work or, or so on. But what's different about this is it contains, um, this is a recombinant vaccine. And so it's a yeast-derived hepatitis B surface antigen vaccine, but it has an immunostimulatory adjuvant that goes along with this. And so what it uses, this is uh, this adjuvant to help stimulate the immune response is derived from bacterial DNA. Now, the original vaccines use aluminum hydroxide as this. So this gets you a little bit more of an immune boost uh, uh, from it. Now, um, the problem with that, of course, is that it's interesting as you boost the immune response, there's much more of a local response to this. And so people are actually having uh, more side effects, more uh, pain, fever, and so on from the vaccine, but no real significant long-term effects, but more immediate effects are, 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 seen, uh, are seen with it. Very good. Uh, as you note, most children in this country get vaccinated in infancy. So the number of people who are going to need this is going to go down, but it's wonderful to know that there's this new vaccine and for both people who are new to the country that may not have been vaccinated or adults who weren't vaccinated as children, we've got this two dose vaccine that, that's going to work. And of course, for those of us who work in healthcare, we screen to see if people have the antibody. If they don't, then go ahead and use this, this, this two dose to actually boost their immunity and probably have a better response than you had uh, from the first, uh, first part of it. Certainly anybody who comes in asking for a vaccine, I would go ahead and uh, give it to them. And there are some high risk groups out there too that you wanna be uh, considering uh, sure. as, as, as adults. All right, well, we have a new herpes zoster vaccine for the prevention of varicella zoster. Can you talk a little bit about this new shingles vaccine? So yes, and this again is a, um, the original Zostavax is a live, attenuated live vaccine. Well, this new one, this is uh, 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 Shingrix, it's called, Shingrix. It's a recombinant uh, subunit that, that's actually being manufactured as part of it. And so it has a higher antigenicity. Uh, and, and, and the studies have actually shown better protection. I was fascinated to, to, to review this. And so uh, folks that are um, uh, protection, so Zostavax, has an efficacy about 70% for folks that have been vaccinated between 50 and 70 years of age, and only about 18% for those that have been vaccinated over the age of 80. Well, this newer one, 97% efficacy for those aged 50 to 69, 91% efficacy for those older. So a lot more of an efficacious vaccine. Now, um, of course, the trouble with it is it's two. And uh, as you recall, the, uh, the Zostavax was, was, uh, was, was one dose as, uh, as part of it. But also, as you look at it, even it has increased efficacy, but it also has long-lasting power. The Zostavax, seeing that the immunity was waxing and waning after about five years of, of use, this seems to have sustained protection as people, uh, as people um, um, uh, age. Now, um, the recommendations, so also the recommendations have changed. So the Zostavax was for folks age 60 and over. This is actually age 50 and saying, so the, the, the recommendations, two doses of uh, Shingrix are recommended for adults 50 and older, regardless of their prior um, Zoster or vaccine history. So they've had the Zostavax or not. Now, if they've had the Zostavax, again, this was an attenuated live vaccine, they can still have this, um, should be at least two months later. Should wait two months later before uh, giving them this dose of the, uh, uh, the RSV vax, the recombinant uh, vaccine that, that's, uh, that's out here. And for those that are over the age of 60, the recommendations, you can still either receive either vaccine, but this is preferred because it's much more efficacious. I, I appreciate you bringing this forward because I've seen a couple of commercial, uh, a, a number of retail outlets that are 
offering the older vaccine for folks. And I, I, it made me uncomfortable to think that they were trying to use up their supply. So it's really important we bring this forward with our patients. Well, the other, so you know, the guidelines are still, it, it, it's reasonable to use. Uh, we've been using it for, 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 for a long time. And, and a little bit like that new recombinant vaccine, hepatitis B vaccine, folks who get this have a uh, more uh, local reaction to it than the, than the older vaccine. Just a word about paying for this. And so a couple things, the Zostavax you used to have to keep frozen which is a problem. This one does not have to be kept frozen. It's easier to store. Um, Medicare doesn't cover either of these vaccines under Part B. So flu vaccine is covered under Part B. These are covered under Part D. So if people have the prescription drug benefit, then there'd be a copay with it. Uh, so there's some uh, potential financial barriers with, uh, with this. But Zostavax is treated, and uh, Shingrix is treated the same way as Zostavax under the Medicare uh, program. So Bob, does that compel us to try to uh, improve our vaccination rates in our uh, well-insured patients because the new Zoster vaccine will be covered? Well, I think it compels us to start offering this vaccine at an earlier age because you're really seeing at age 50 really has significant improvement for, for lifelong um, protection against, uh, against Zoster. Whether or not their private insurance is going to be better to coverage than getting on to Medicare, it's really dependent on their individual insurance, Frank. There's no blanket statements you can make with that. Very good to know. Finally, Bob, the CDC recently gave us an update on the mumps vaccine. Can you tell me what happened there? Yes. Yeah, so once again, this is another twofer. Um, they uh, turned around and they said that uh, for any um, uh, of those who are at risk for contracting mumps because there's been a local outbreak, should and, and they've had two or fewer doses have only had, uh, of uh, the mumps vaccine prior to this, they should get a booster of the MMR, wow. the measles, mumps, and rubella uh, vaccine. So, so if in your local community there's been a mumps outbreak, uh, and even if you've been vaccinated um, like we have as children, you should probably get an updated mumps vaccine. Yes. Wow. MMR. All right, keep that in mind for those of you who are at risk. Well, thank you, Bob. This is a wonderful update, and uh, I appreciate learning about these new vaccines as well as better use of our, of our current ones. Practice pointer, consider using the new herpes zoster vaccine starting at age 50 for both improved efficacy and for long-term protection. Join us next time when we discuss new research that compares low-fat to low-carbohydrate diets. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. For more information about the article referenced in today's episode, look under the resources section of the episode landing page. Need help reaching your CME credit goal this year? If so, please browse the more than 300 free CME accredited activities now available on PrimeMed.com. Thank you again for listening.